everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Do you ever find yourself subconsciously categorizing biblical characters as superheroes or just unrelatable people? Maybe the apostles, for example, was something different about them? I want you to think about your favorite celebrity. Maybe it's a professional athlete, sports player, comedian, TikToker, influencer, or musician. From the outside looking in, parts of their lives can look amazing. I mean, they're super gifted individuals who have a lot of money, get to go on cool trips, they get to share their gifts with others, and have lots of fans. Sure, there are downsides, like haters or potential stalkers, the inconvenience of a unique vocation, but that's just part of the job, right? At the end of the day, though, those celebrities, they're normal people. They do a lot of the same average things we do. They have families they spend the holidays with. They brush their teeth. They get tired. They have parents. And what's interesting is that a lot of them talk about how their fun and exciting life takes a huge toll on them. At the end of the day, they're normal people. In an interview, Justin Bieber said, I'm struggling just to get through the day. You get lonely, you know, when you're on the road. People see the glam and the amazing stuff, but they don't know the other side. This life can rip you apart. Megan Fox said in an interview, people say celebrities should stop complaining because you live in a big house or you drive a Bentley. So your life must be great. What you don't realize is that fame, whatever your worst experience in high school, when you were being bullied by those 10 kids in high school, fame is that, but on a global scale when you're being bullied by millions of people constantly. George Clooney is known for saying the big house on a hill is isolating, and Kevin Hart has expressed that he can't even talk about the downsides of his occupation without fearing getting canceled. Daniel Radcliffe has shared about being booed as a child actor at 10, 12 years old, and recently in an an interview he shared that nowadays— He's at times turned to alcohol to attempt to escape the critics. Real people who have extraordinary jobs are still real people. Life is hard. And sometimes when we think about Bible characters like the Apostle Paul, we tend to forget that they're real people, just like us, who get tired, who get hurt by the words of others, who grow discouraged, and who sometimes want to give up. Have you ever been there? Maybe you've just gotten so beat down at work that you want to throw in the towel and quit. Maybe you thought you were making progress or a difference, but one tough email just sent you over the edge. Or maybe you're in high school, you're trying to live for Jesus, but it seems like even the kids who claim to be Christians are against you. Have you ever wanted to just throw in the towel? Throw in the towel? Why keep trying to share your faith if no one will listen? In today's chapter, Acts 18, I think we find a lot of comfort in knowing that despite Paul's unique role as an apostle, he was a normal guy just like us. He had his own low moments of discouragement, but he pressed on and provides an example of what it looks like to persevere when life is just life. So as we look at this chapter, I want to make a few observations. First, I noticed the repetition of the phrase, after this. Now that phrase, after this, it's easy to overlook as just a transition to the next thing, but it can actually key us in on some helpful context. 
Acts 18.1 says, After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. And any time we come across that phrase, we should always ask, after what? After, after people in Athens had said to Paul or of Paul, what does this babbler wish to say? And others said, he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities. That's Acts 17, 18. And after he gave the speech of his life, some mocked, 17, verse 32. But others said, we will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from their midst, but some men joined him in belief. After all that, Paul made friends with some normal people, Priscilla and Aquila. They were tent makers just like him, normal people. And he stayed with them and went about his business, sharing the gospel in the synagogues. But then again, just as he had experienced in Athens, he was met with opposition and is reviled, which is a fancy way of saying he's loathed or detested or hated, just like celebrities today. And Paul, he seems to hit his breaking point. Chapter 18, verse 6. And when they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Throws in the towel. He gets frustrated. Verse 7. And he left there and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next door to the synagogue. The second observation I made in chapter 18 was that Paul is a normal human. He wanted to give up. He had, and he had had enough of their unkind words, poor attitudes, and bad responses. He was over it. But what's crazy is that God was still at work. That's observation number three. Even in one of Paul's weakest moments, when he wanted to throw in the towel, God was working. Paul's hanging at the house next door, next door to the synagogue, and then, verse 8, Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his entire household— And many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. Verse 10, For I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in the city who are my people. And Paul stayed a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. And I just find that so cool. Paul has this really low moment. He throws in the towel. He leaves the synagogue. But the words he spoke stuck. That's convicting. The words he had shared stuck with some of the hearers. When he thought no forward progress was being made, the people had been listening and God had been working in their hearts all the while. Then the Lord in his kindness comes to Paul in his discouragement and really gives him a little pep talk, which, if I'm honest, sometimes we all just need that from the Lord— kind reminders to keep running the race. So Paul does for a year and a half. And then things start to get crazy again because Paul gets brought to the tribunal. Now, when you hear the word tribunal, I want you to think judgment seat, a raised platform made of stone where ruling authorities performed judgment for the law courts. One commentator says, so Paul, he's he's being taken by the Jews to the government. That's what's happening here. But then it gets even more crazy because the government's like, you're wasting our time. And the Jews who brought Paul there got beaten. So you know they're probably going to be even more frustrated with Paul because now they've been publicly embarrassed and assaulted. And that's where verse 18 picks up. It reads, after this, Paul, wait, 
After what? After Paul got really down, wanted to quit, got a pep talk from God, was held up in a court of law, and probably had a lot more haters coming for him. After all that, Paul stayed many days longer. He stayed many days longer. He pressed on. He didn't give up and then took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila, his supernormal tent-making friends, and they came to Ephesus, and he left them there. But he himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. He reasoned with the Jews. That's the very thing he said in his low moment he would never do again. Paul took heart, and he pressed on after a lot of valid discouragement, after a lot of opposition, After wanting to quit and after being reminded of truth, Paul continued on. It's easy to look at Paul and say, yeah, he's like me in that he got discouraged and wanted to give up, but he's not like me in that he had this vision from God and had these perfect friends. But the catch is, the same spirit that lived in Paul, if you're a believer in Christ, also lives in you. And the same type of like-minded friends are available to you, brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, you might say, sure, but that doesn't change the fact that Paul had a crazy, unique job as an apostle. But guess what? We, too, are called to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, teaching them to observe all that he has commanded, and behold— He is with us even to the end of the age. That's Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And you know what God said to Paul back in that vision? Verse 10, for I am with you. That's what God told Paul. And the same is true for us today. God is with us. Whether you're facing opposition at work, at school, or in your family, God is with you. He's with us. That's all we've got time for today. But as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.